Oh, oh, hello. Good morning, everyone. It went from three to, you're on. <laughs> um, okay, so this is a tough message, but I want to remind you of something, and I mean this. Either I'm lying when I say this or I'm not. I don't oppose people. I oppose mindsets. God opposes mindsets that are holding people back. Do you understand that? Bruce, you gave me a really good compliment the other day. Bruce has been in this building for probably about three years. Other of you have been with me for seven or so, and I always say that. I don't come at people. And I don't feel like God comes at people even. God comes at the thing that's holding you back from him, from truth, from life and life to the fullest, right? And so, man, if I, I'm going to talk about some systems today. You have no right to be offended if I oppose a system because you're not a system. Use a person, okay? So with those hats on, let's give this little difficult message. <laughs> All right. Well, a word that is not very much used today or certainly not very much seen is a word called unity. And today's culture is all about division, and we know it. What's up, Bri? We having problems? Oh, man. Oh, everybody's going to need to hear this one. So It went from three to nothing. It, it claims it's on. Is it on? It's just not. Hey. What's that? Oh, let's try it again. Oh, guys. Uh, good morning, everyone. <laughs> uh, I don't oppose people. I oppose mindsets. Okay? Today I'm going to be doing that. Um, I got a message today that, that uh, you, could, you could really mistake, but I've been doing this for a long time, and, and, and God showed me a long time ago, he doesn't oppose people. In fact, he invites people. He doesn't oppose the woman by the well. He doesn't oppose the woman caught in the act of adultery or the, the myriad of men that, that go their own way. He opposes what's holding you back, that root issue, that maybe that misunderstanding or the lie that we've been holding on to. And God, I mean, Jesus very much opposes systems that kept people from him. Well, today, he might be doing that from here. Because today we're going to talk, talk about unity. And I'm not going to go off about this because it's so obvious. But today's culture, and I'm going to talk about American culture right now, is just all about division. And it's sickening. And I'm only 38 years old, man, but I remember a time. Isn't that terrible? Not even 40 yet. And I, can, I remember it like it was Mayberry when it wasn't so polarized. When you're seeing people just, you guys know I don't have to bring things up. You get it. Let's look at Matthew 12 as a stern warning from creator God, the Lord Jesus. Matthew followed him around. And he says this, every kingdom divided against its own self will be ruined. Don't you like that translation? And every city or household divided against itself might not stand, will not stand. Now, the same voice that said, let light be, just said, if you let division remain, it will fall. Now, I'm not gloom and doom about America, because I'm actually going to talk about family. Well, hold on, hold on. Uh, city or household? Look at that, look at that. Every kingdom, city, and household. He's also talking about your families. Okay, so I'm not going to just sit here and talk about America today. Because, uh, what? It starts, Steph said, what did you say today? So, um, you said something along the lines of, um, well, actually, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember what she was saying, but. Something very similar, though. I mean, you were on the same page about it. but um, so, so we're going to just look at this. This is a, a stern warning. And again, this is not me doing any sort of prophecying or anything like this. This is just we're going to look at unity. When it comes to unity, there's two choices. And I'm going to just make this easy. There's unity or there's division. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Now, I looked up unity. I said, what does unity mean? We're going to talk about this because he, he's talking about like... Being divided has this repercussion, this effect. It's just cause and effect, even if you don't want to label it good or bad. This is the effect of, of, um, 
of division. <clears throat> Unity is this, the quality or state of not being multiple, oneness, or a condition of harmony, accord. So first things first, we got to realize this. As we looked at that as unity, the opposite of division, number one, we are not a democracy. We in the kingdom of God are not a democracy, and we know this, but it's a good place to start. We serve a king. Every knee will bow to this king. Every person who has ever been given life will look him in the eyes when we leave this di dimension. Go back to last week. <clears throat> that is not a threat. I'm just letting you know what's going to happen. This is a kingdom. Jesus himself is saying this, that unity is very important. So this is not one of these things where we get to just kind of sleep on it. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Or go, oh, it's all going down. Or in these buildings or in our families, we don't get to just passively be there. I always talk about this, right? So few people actually have oars in the boat. So few people actually aim their lives in a certain direction. They just kind of go along. We are not allowed to do that in the kingdom of God. We are to surrender it to the Lord Jesus. He helps us direct and steer our lives. We are to be steering toward unity at all times. Now, this is going to get weird, and there's a lot of thoughts, and I could talk for four days about it, but I'm just going to give you what I believe God gave me on Friday and Saturday for this. We are commanded over and over again to make unity happen. Now, for me, when I, when I realized it was super important was this next slide we've got here. When Jesus takes the time, he's in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he prays for you and me. Now, that's important to know what he says, right? I mean, he's taking the time. The men are coming, by the way. They're coming with swords and torches. And he takes the time that he has and prays for us. Well, what does he say? Jesus, in your final hour, what does he say? And he says this, my prayer is not just for these disciples, these 12. I pray also for those who believe in me through their message. That's us. You're reading a book called John, because John wrote it. I mean, could not be more clear. The who believe in me through their message, that all of them may be happy. All of them may be comfortable. Oh, see what I'm doing there? Oh, it's getting hot, right? Will you stick with me and give me smiles? We'll be good. Uh, I don't oppose people. Father, just as you and me, you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you've sent me. There's a reason that we need to be fighting even for unity, not each other. Oh, there's a spoiler. I've given them the glory you gave me that they may be one as we are one. So in his final hour, he says, Lord, make them one. Because there's something that comes out of their oneness that's exclusive. Unity doesn't just come. It's a choice to live within unity. Unity is taking a whole bunch of different parts and not making them identical, but bringing them into oneness. That's where we go wrong sometimes as churches and even as families. First in church, I'll say this. Lots of times in church, you'll, you feel like you've got to dress alike, think alike, talk alike for unity. Anybody ever been to that church? I have. This is how I dress, and it's a joke, okay? I've dressed this way since I was in high school. Have, remember the uh, My Name is Earl meme? <laughs> when I grew up, I, I swore I'd have a flannel for every day of the week, and by God, I do. <laughs> That's me. Walking up here to preach, I stopped Bill. My wife is saying, AJ has that same flannel, Bill. Further adding to the story, I had my hand on it today. I almost wore it. I would have been twinsies with Bill over here. That's how I dress. That's how I like to dress. Well, I walk into this church a while ago. I'm not going to name the names because I'm not here to dash anything. Everyone's dressed like this, but they're dressed ironically because I don't think they've ever split wood a day in their lives. And I look around and you think I'd be happy? I was not at all. <laughs> I was not amused. 
Why did they feel like they all had to dress that way? Maybe at one point we thought unity was important, but here's how we do it. We all mesh into one thing. But that's not unity at all. That's coercion. That's so many different words, right? Unity has not become like. Unity is you bring you into a state of oneness. Bring your uniqueness and then fall into the state of oneness. Now, I thought about this. It's football season. I love football season, especially my son's getting older now. Izzy's kind of into it. Did anybody see her? Go, Pat, go. Do you see that? I didn't teach her that. She may have heard that now and again, but she was yelling at people's faces last week. Little three-year-old. It was great. And the Packers won. I mean, by shutout. But, um, so Alex loves to sit and watch football with dad. And that's, I, I love that. I try not to go too crazy and try to model good behavior. I really do. But here's what I was thinking when it comes to football team. Unity is this. We don't need 30 kickers. Right? Did somebody say go Irish? Who just whispered creepily? He creepily whispered go Irish. What a weirdo. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. We don't need 30 quarterbacks. We don't need 30 kickers. We don't need 30 ride receivers, right? Don't try to be that other thing. Right? We need you and your uniqueness to come in, but settle into unity. And you know it, guys. I don't care what sport metaphor you want to use. When a team is unified, they're, they're darn near unbeatable because every gift is covered. Now, of course, let's look at the, the Bible of, uses the body as a metaphor for that. I appeal to you, brothers, in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, when you say that, that's pretty, pretty big. That all of you agree with one another so that there may be no division among you. And that you may be perfectly united in mind and thought. I guess that's it. But elsewhere, maybe today we'll look at this. He, he talks about different parts of the body. And he says, can the eye say that I'm not as valuable because I don't hear? Can the ear, blah, blah, blah. Bruce said it the other day. If I'm a screwdriver, I don't want to try to be a hammer. I want to try to be the best darn screwdriver I can be. And that's the thing. I, I hope to facilitate in this place, and I, you know, through the help of God, that everybody brings their uniqueness in here doesn't try to become something or not to quote unquote fit in or bring unity that's not unity that's what's the word i'm looking for conformity thank you perfect word um yeah conformity is not it john didn't need to be peter and peter didn't need to be john do you understand and the same thing too remember when peter tried to in paul correct anyway <laughs> in families it can be the same way the first kid comes and maybe they're compliant maybe they're a rule follower the second kid comes and maybe not so, maybe a little more free-willed. And here's what I'm discovering, because that's our story, is he's got a lot more free will and mind of her own, is I don't say to her, be him, right? Or, or take on these, th I don't try to change who she is. I, we just try to bring her uniqueness in to the unity of the family, right? How do you do that, AJ? Go read somebody else's book, man. But I, I, but I know not to try to chip the edges off. And if you ask me, that's sometimes how our education system fails folks, too. But how hard is it, too? I mean, you're, you're doing an entire society, but how do you get a bunch of people, you know, you're all triangles all of a sudden. But anyway, I don't think that's the kingdom of God either. But unity, more thoughts. Ready? Some of you taking notes. You ready? You ready for unity? Think church, think family, think relationships. Number one, show up. Unity only happens when you show up and you are a part of something, even at your workplace. Step one is this, get involved. Apathy is the greatest enemy of unity because if you don't get there, you don't even have to worry about the conflicts that'll come. Don't get there. And how many of y'all have been in church long enough to know apathy is the greatest enemy? Good things are going, but you can no longer be bothered to, and how can you have unity if the person's not there? Nobody's coming at you. I'm just saying, step one, 
step up. Step number two. Oh, number one is show up. Number two is step up. Now, meaning this. Unity only happens when you truly share yourself. This is tough. I mean, marriages, workplace even, friendships, and certainly in church, opening yourself up is the second part of unity. In a church setting, you got to realize that it's hard for everyone to ask for prayer. It's hard for everyone to be vulnerable. The, one of the lies the enemy tells you on step one is that you're, you're alone in feeling this way. No, no. Everybody struggles to open themselves to people because half the side of the room has never opened themselves up or has baggage from the past and dad wasn't there and other issues societally. And the other half of the room has been beat up in church after opening themselves up. I know you guys. And that wasn't really a metaphor. <laughs> Might seem like some random figure, but it's about half. You're one of the two, man. It's not a new story. But if we want to keep the command for unity so much so that Jesus used his final hours to pray oneness, we got to show up and you got to step up. Step up into vulnerability. Unity can only be found with his openness, vulnerability, and authenticity. Guys, the average age, I know you can't see it. The average age in this room is probably 45, I would say, 42 today. Just quick math. Um, no, I'm not counting our kids into the equation. <laughs> the three-year-old offsets the... No. Um, uh, so here's what I'm, what I'm trying to say about this. Openness, vulnerability. You've been around enough to know and maybe even to, to get to the point where you put those walls back up is what I'm trying to say. And unity can only happen when those walls get pulled down. Now, I'm going to say the next part you might think is uh, counterintuitive what I just said. Number one is show up. Number two is step up. The third one is armor up. Let's, do we have Colossians 3.13? Armor up in a, in a positive way here because understand this. No matter what side of the aisle you're on there, get it, side of the aisle, uh, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. you when you go into your business, your family, whatever it is where you need to be unity, Lord, let them be one, understand you're going to get shot. You're going to get hurt. It's going to happen. Don't be naive. Colossians, he's saying this, bear with each other, forgive whatever grievances. I given full messages on this. If you're in a church setting, broken people, we're all broken people, of course, right? Hurting people hurt people, broken people break people. But if you get hit, you forgive. You just make that your default stance. Bruce and I were talking in the truck. Um, somebody said to me, they're unoffendable. They've chosen to be unoffendable. And there's a book out there called Unoffendable, right? Isn't that what it's called? Remember? No, Val, Val, let me borrow. Anyway, beautiful book. Um, Here's the thing. Everybody's offendable. You're going to get offended. Jesus says in this life, offenses will come. But you can make the choice where your stance is, I'm never going to carry an offense. Oh, that really hurt. Oh. Yesterday, this was the worst. This is actually a really heartbreaking dad moment. It was breakfast time. She's in there, but she's hiding. It was breakfast time, and Alex starts singing. Izzy sings all the time. Oh, I won't do it. But she sings Let It Go on repeat, and she knows like one verse. It's cute. Seven days a week. It's cute. But um, Alex doesn't sing very much. He likes to sing worship tunes and stuff at home. But he starts singing. And what did, she, what did she say to him, babe? I don't like your singing or something like that. And he goes, can you see my face? The lip quiver. And so we intervened and I was proud of us. We're like, whoa, 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 whoa. listen. Um, this is a great time to, to talk about apathy. I was like, Izzy, do you want to say sorry? You can't force your kids to say sorry because then you say it. Sorry. Right? It means nothing. 
But I said to her, I said, you feel that yucky feeling you're feeling? Because she starts crying. I was like, you, yeah, you're supposed to feel that way. You hurt your brother. That's called apathy. Would you like to say you're sorry because of that yucky feeling? No. She just was worried about herself. She's three. And I said to Alex, we talked about, you know, what does it matter what other people think? But where am I going with this? <laughs> does anybody? Huh? Thank you. Thank you. I had to teach. I didn't get much sleep last night. Um, I, had to, I had to teach him and say, okay, buddy, that hurt your feelings. And, um, you know, all the, all the thoughts aside, who gets to tell you what you are and blah, blah, blah. It still hurt. But I let him know, listen, okay, you're, that happened. Now you have a choice. What do you do with it? You're going to keep that with you the rest of the day or you're going to let it go. And, and, and he did and let it go. Boy, if we could learn that at an early age too. If you want to come and be a part of a church group, a business, a family, or even people in general, you're going to get hurt. Unity will only come through vulnerability. You're going to get wounded. But you, when you get wounded, you go to the great healer. He's the divine physician, great healer. Now, let me cramp it up a little bit. Realize this. If, you're, if unity is a priority, here's the th- what needs to happen. This is where I lose popular votes right here. Preference has to take a back seat to priority. What I mean is this. This is very obvious in the church body. It can also be this way in a uh, um, uh, um, family. But let's talk about church for a second. I'm not going to hang out at church all day, I promise. But preference for unity, preference has to take a back seat to priority. Jesus says this in Matthew 28, please, Bri. He says, here's what y'all are going to do with the body. Go make disciples of all nations. Don't discriminate. Teach them about me and what I did. Then baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And like Bruce said before, that might not be water baptism necessarily. It might be the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There's three different baptisms. Teach them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age doing all this with you. If you want unity, preference has to take a backseat to priority. In other words, what we're doing has to come first over how you feel. And that's probably one of the reasons the church is in a wild decline right now. We're raising, we, we're raising kids who believe that feelings are truth and feelings are, you can't touch my feelings. We've got rooms now where people can go into a safe place because their feelings got hurt. And we're teaching them that how you feel is truth. Well, that's a real problem. Because it, do you see why that's a problem? Because I feel like punching you in the face. And that's what's right for me. So if there's no absolute truth, do you get what I'm trying to say? If you can't step on feelings, it hurts my feelings if I can't kick you. I really want to kick him. So who's right? Anyway, getting to the unity in the body of the church, preference has to take a backseat to priority. God says keep moving, keep growing, keep seeking. Go make disciples. He doesn't say go find a group you like, get comfortable, and enjoy yourself. That is not what he's saying. And boy, it's unpopular, but I'm just going to keep pushing. It's the truth. You stick to the task at hand. And here's the thing. All sorts of division will take place when we, 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 take, we go from the task at hand and we go put, uh, into our preference. Get it? How many times have you heard this? I don't like the music. I don't like the chairs. I don't like the decorations. I don't like the way he dresses. I don't like that people dress up. I don't like that they don't dress up. It's too hot in here. It's too cold. They ignore me. They were too much in my face. No one asked me how I was doing. Too many people asked me how I was doing. And, right? And that... Uh, what are you looking at, dude? If you think the kingdom of God and church is supposed to be a country club, you have gotten it all wrong. And we can sit in this office and we can just read the word of God. This is a battlefield, dude. There are people dying every day that don't know that Jesus Christ is the one way of salvation. 
Thanks, guys. Oh, we are a team. Uh, unity, even. Let me uh, let me show you what this looks like in a very um, visual and auditory sort of way. Because um, God gave me a really cool thought the other day. I didn't think this through. I need both hands. <laughs> Bruce, happy to amuse you. <laughs> All right, so let me let me show you. Um... All right, I'll just do this. Yeah, let me show you unity. Um, this is unity right here. I set you up because in the beginning I said Webster's Dictionary. You still find it online, by the way. Talked about a oneness, a harmony. So ready? This is the sound of unity. Uniqueness. This, nobody's asking it to change. You get the root note, first, third, fifth, whatever, niner. Every unique one coming together for the common goal of creating that sound. Now this is what happens the minute one of them gets literally bent out of shape. Is it as sweet? And then that goes untreated, and the seats aren't comfortable. Right? I don't like the way he said. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. And all of a sudden, unity's broken. The other three? Right? But then you get that one pocket. It's awful. Yeah. And how do you think it sounds to the Lord? That pocket over in the corner that doesn't want to get in. No, no unity here. Do you see what I'm saying? Now, that was fun, but let me give you a thought. Ready? When we are doing what we're supposed to be doing in unity, we produce the harmony that the world needs to see and hear. And unity is God's sound. And the, oh, he just said it. Let them be as one as we are one, right, Lyle? Unity is God's sound, and the only way the world hears it is through us. So this is not just crappy. It's a tragedy. Does that make sense? Right? And that's God's sound. God moves in that unity. And all it takes is one little string, though, to take how they feel and what they prefer and just ruin the whole thing. That's where you'd normally applause such, uh, <laughs> such visual... Yes, thank you, thank you. Appreciate. We appreciate you, Pastor. You work hard. Oh, thanks, guys. Awesome. Appreciate that. So, thank you. Uh, in a church setting, and this isn't popular, but I want to tell you this, because um, I don't know why this is what God gave me, and I'm prayed for boldness today, and we're almost done. Is this in a church setting when it comes to the unity in the body and things like this? Here's a here's a phrase that's not popular. Move on. Move on. And here's what I mean. I personally feel that God has a specific place for each of us to serve. If you're watching online, God has a specific place he wants us all to be. He really does. A we're all different parts of the body, and he has a place where we fit. And there's a billion different roles for you to use your gifting and talenting for the cause, by the way, right? For the go and for that. So we, pr we pray, we find a place where we're not just served, where we can serve. We find a place that we're passionate about. We share the vision. We see truth being preached. And God seals our hearts with peace and even joy about being locked in. And we know where he's, he's where we want us to be, right? But if we don't have that or are in a place for reasons other that than that, then move on. Go find where God wants you to be. And this is just as unpopular as when I started preaching it seven years ago, and I don't care. I am the last. I do not guard the back exit. 
And I get flack from all sorts of people for that. I don't. If somebody feels launched to go, yeah, my blessing. Get it? Move on. Go find where God has you to be. God, God years ago took me from a church I was very, quote unquote, comfortable in, I was serving in, but a family member was leaning toward going to this other place and the person didn't know Jesus. So guess what we did? Move on. Do you understand what I'm saying? If the priority is go make disciples, not be comfortable, I went where this person could be fed. And boy, who? Now, this might shock you. It's the middle of God's will, dude. I started serving under Dave Green as worship leader. A couple months later, God started a church and he happened to put me as the pastor and now here I am. All that wouldn't have happened without that. Priority has to take precedence over preference. There's a lot of P's. Sorry about that. Priority over preference. Nobody says this was a country club. Again. And that's like I said, if some people feel like they can't fit in a certain place, it's your obligation to move on and find where God wants you to be. And if it's not here, I love you. That's fine. I've never guarded that back door. God will provide for us. We don't beg for people to attend a certain church. This is the kingdom of God. And if you now got to go off and be a hand for a while, go off and be a hand for a while. Get it? Man. Otherwise, that'd be control on my end. And I don't know what Holy Spirit's doing. You got destinies that probably have nothing to do with me. Or maybe I'm a part of it for a season. God bless you. Ramble on, dude. Get it? Wildly unpopular. I'm sure I'll get an email about that. NorwoodFMChurch at gmail.com. That's fine, man. Because if we're kingdom bright, Lyle, you with me on this one? Good. All right, let's move on to this. Find a place to contribute your uniqueness to the harmony of the body. It all comes down to heart. Now, let me talk. Let me get out of church for a second, obviously. We have voices for a reason, and I get that. But if we use our voices to divide, then I'll tell you right now, it is not God. God is not a God of division. He's just not. That's not, it's just not who he is. Like we said, he is a God of unity. For example, no one's saying don't speak out, uh, striving to improve things. But if you're speaking out, even on your Facebook, to tear down or divide, it's not God. That's it. No matter where it is. If you're, if you're just seeking to... So let me get blunt for a second. I'm just talk, going to talk government for a sec, two seconds. I'm not saying you have to like our government. Any state, uh, school board, I don't care, national, whatever. But if you're posting on your Facebook to spread dislike for this person or party or whatever, all right, that's a whole nother motive. Let's just call it what it is. Then come on, folks, we can do better. Let's rise up and here's how. No, nobody's, that's good. If you want to say, oh, I oppose that, but here's how in, in, in a constructive way, because guys, we, right? But the other one, it's just poison. It's just being in the pool. You think that's God? No, it's not. And if, especially if you know, where were we 20 minutes ago? What were you reading? A kingdom divided against itself will fall. That's what I don't understand about these voices. Oh, I hate late night. I don't even, I cancel TV, y'all. I can't do it. Because there's these people rooting for things to fail and fall, but you got kids and grandkids? What do you do? Do you not get me? Do you see what you're doing and they don't care? That's not God. That's the enemy, dude. Your nation, your church, your family, all of that. And I got news for you. You're either seeking to unite and you're a voice for unity or you're a voice for division. That's how that goes. And if you think there's neutrality, go spend a week and watch how you talk and watch what you say. Neutral is pretty much impossible in this world. Okay, so let me move on. I want to address something else. Yeah, boy, if you think that was unpopular. <laughs> I don't know why God wants me to talk about this. I really don't. 
uh, I'm going to do it though. I, I can't. I can't dodge a fight here. I want to address ecumenicism in the church. And uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. And again, this is unpopular. I believe that we're living in tumultuous times. We all believe that. I believe that we are living toward, more toward the end of the story than the beginning. How's that? I'm not some gloom and doom, uh, you know. But it's interesting to see that there's a huge move of what's called ecumenicism, and it's this. Everyone who claims to have Jesus somewhere in their doctrine, we've all got to be pals and friends. That's what ecumenicism is. That's what that means. And we're going to be unified. Now, the reason I'm talking about this, I mean, I don't know, but we talked about unity. Talked about unity in the family. Talked about unity in the church. Priority over preference. Well, here's the thing. It's this whole, why can't we all just get along mentality where there's pressure for all of us as churches to come together. And I, I want to tell you, I have a stance and a thought about it, that these are just my opinions, okay? There are two thoughts about this, and I mean deep theological research thoughts. The gathering of all churches coming together, and can't we all just get along and think the same type of thing? It's going to do one of two things, biblically. One, it'll bring about the rich, glorified, unified church. We're all as one, and we make a beautiful, harmonious sound. That's the thought. That's the goal. Or number two, it's actually a weapon of the enemy to destroy the truth, the true church that holds biblical truth. Here's how we go. Okay, ready? There are three elements to this. I'm not going to get too nerdy, but this is, this is like Theology 301. Three elements to, quote-unquote, unity in different bodies of church, okay? There's three elements. There's liberalism, there's traditionalism, and there's biblical truth. Those are your three elements on the table. Now, let me just teach you something, and you could take it into your families too. Are you ready? This ecumenicism, gathering. I believe it chokes out truth in the name of inclusion and getting along, the ones that suffers is biblical truth. Get it? So those three, traditions, liberalism, can't we all just get along and you know, it's okay, everything's fine, and biblical truth, the one that has to die for us to all party together is that one. You're right, you see what I'm saying? You don't get to kill the other ones. Nobody, that's not even allowed in today's culture. So the one that has to die for you and me to stand together is the biblical truth one. You see what I'm saying? And that's why my line in the sand has always been, no, no, no. And here's why. Church A wants to be unified with Church B. Church A, however, believes Jesus isn't the one sacrifice for all sins. Church B, in order to be unified with them, has to say, yeah, we're one, we're in harmony. Despite the fact that you're letting go of biblical truth, we can stand together, right? So if they're in unity, what color is the union? The belief of Church B that Jesus alone is salvation, that's the one that has to, to get watered down and take a back seat for that unity. Do you understand? Because church A is not going to agree, well, of course, Jesus is the one way, the truth, and the life. So in order for ecumenicism to actually happen, for us all to get along and play nice, we have to let go of foundational truths, otherwise we can't play. If I ask them, hey, you can party over here, but you got to believe Jesus is the one way. <laughs> Okay, you can party over here, but your sacraments aren't real. They're not, they're not required of Christ Jesus. They don't come to my house. They take their ball and they go home. It's the strangest thing. Do you get what I'm saying? Y'all are following me. Okay, okay. I think God's sharing this because this is the way it's all going. Do you, do you, I mean, the media, okay. 
we get attacked for holding biblical truth. And, 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 and hap- oh, conservative, what? No, look, truth, Jesus. And when he calls it this, it's that. That's all it is. We don't get to let go of those things. And here's what happens too. I wish Ed Sachs were here because he studies this stuff. He'll tell you that the Presbyterians just got blah, blah, blah and the Council of Europe and they lost their accreditation and whoa, okay. But the one thing he'll tell you is this. When churches join up like this, and with these three elements, traditionalism, liberalism, and biblical truth, when they let go of biblical truth, there is one inevitability on the horizon. They die. Now, here's the thing. Again, wildly unpopular and going out there, too. The churches that have made the push for, like, everybody's welcome no matter what, and everybody is welcome no matter what in this place, but everybody's welcome no matter what, we've, we've bent biblical truth, would common, common sense would tell you they'd probably be full and doing well, right? Because they've just included everyone and not challenged anybody, right? right? Weird part is, though, they die at 100% rate. Go buy those churches on your way home, the ones that don't stand for truth. They die. But wait, their arms are wide open. But their arms are wide open and they're, they're not challenged. Because when you lose truth, you lose Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is this body of believers. He's the power behind everything that can be done. And my final point of today is this. A small group of believers who put themselves aside changed the world. What makes you think that has changed? That has not changed. Because if we can get together, consider each other more important, and lean on Christ Jesus and say, hey, you're the wave and we're the surfer, we can change this North Country. We can be vessels of change for this North Country. Jesus can use us. But you put one little pocket of I don't like, nah, 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 and guys, the anchor drops, and the boat starts slowing right down, doesn't it? It's just his nature. And I'm coming up with this as, as I'm talking a little bit, right? If oneness is God's nature, and that's where his power flows, if one of us chooses to all of a sudden put on some sheep's clothes and have paws instead of hooves, you get what I'm saying? Preference, then we will break that channel. Bruce and I just had to go turn the heater on. Somebody had shut one of the, va- one of the valves down, shut one of the things. And speaking of that, now I'm thinking of it, yeah, the valve will close from God's power and anointing and guidance and all those things will close with a little pocket of discord back there. And I, can I tell you something? Can I just complain for a second because we're supposed to pour out a complaint? I don't like that. That stinks. I wish it could be the, the, the 75 to 85% that are gung-ho about Jesus, that, that have got God in their home, I wish that's all that counted. But that's not the case, is it? It's Judas, Judas does damage, get it? He does damage. He was only one of 12. Somebody run me a quick percent. <laughs> Less than was, right? Eight percent? Eight percentage, yeah. Why does that matter? It does. Let them be one as we are one, Father. Okay, real quick, and then we're done. Can you imagine if there was a little bit of discord between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Oh, yeah, universes unwind. Uh, we, we cannot get there. It would never happen, obviously. His desire is that our homes are unified. So real quick, real quick, in our homes, guys, and hey, guilty as anybody here in my home, and I've sat in church, and I've been stanky face, not wanting to get on, looking at my preferences, not putting myself aside for the mission. I've been there. Okay, nobody's coming at you. But this week, 
man, I had so much more. <laughs> this week, we got to realize, let's, let's question ourselves and pray and ask, am I a voice of unity or division? And how can I be a, a voice of unity and division? How can I help this family be more unified? How can I do that? How can I, right? And if we are voices of division, in some, in, in some ways, we're all going to be because we all have preference. Let's ask Holy Spirit to help us surrender that preference in the name of unity, which is obedience in the desire of Jesus Christ. We good? Okay, let's sing a song that's going to put us right back to, to zero here. What is it, Brian? It's, gonna, it's just give me Jesus. Everything I just said, you know what? Forget even all that. Just give me Jesus. Right, Bruce? Let's do that. That's what it's all about. And we won't let go of him for anything. Oh, no, not here. <laughs> 